0: I'm not going to preach longer than 30 minutes. That's, that's kind of how we feel around here, 30 minutes. If you can't get it done in 30 minutes, you might as well hang it up, right? So we're going to do it in 30 minutes. And uh, I have a couple of announcements. And first one is that if you have a teenager or you know a teenager that would enjoy a great night of fun... We're taking our—Wednesday nights is normally our King City youth night, so they're over there right now. That's why there's no teenagers. We don't, we don't outlaw the teenagers on Wednesday night, all right? Wednesday, so you can't come in. They're over there. And they meet from 7 to 9, or 7 to 8.45. And so what we're going to start doing is the last Wednesday of every month is going to be a fun night, And so it's just going to be games and fun and getting to know one another. And that starts next week. So if you have a teenager you've been thinking about inviting, next week is the week to do it. And you can uh, have them dropped off at 7 o'clock back here to King City. We'd love to have you. There's also a diaper party coming up in a few weeks. Um, That's for the Sciences program at Riverview High School. And it's going to be on May 8th. And... uh, if you'd like to um, donate especially to that, you can put your donation in a tithe envelope and market diapers, and uh, and we'll make sure that goes towards purchasing diapers for those, those, um, those teenage moms. All right. The impromptu um, Sunday offering that we weren't planning on taking up that just seemed to happen at the end of service was just a great blessing, so thank you for participating in that. That was wonderful. And my dad kept saying, I didn't want to take up an offering. I didn't want to take up an offering. But uh, uh, Lord, just bless through that. So we thank you for giving and sowing to that and being obedient. I'm going to dive into this word here tonight. We're going to be uh, starting. uh, I'm going to read another scripture. But if you have a Bible, you can turn to Ezra 3. Ezra chapter 3. Ezra 3. do know where Ezra it is? It's in the first quarter of the Bible. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, 1st and 2nd Samuel, 1 and 2 Kings, Ezra. All right. I know because I wanted I I, I didn't want you to hear me. Alright? I know, but if they have a Bible, they can find out where Ezra is. It's not a book we read out of all the time, right? Hey, I'm going to be uh, speaking to you. I put it on Facebook and put it on Instagram, um, what I'm speaking on tonight. I want to talk to you tonight about learning to partner with joy. Right? Maybe that's why I'm so happy tonight. To learn to partner with joy, and I'm going to be doing a two-part series. I'm going to be doing it tonight, and I'm going to be finishing it Sunday morning in the nine o'clock and ten thirty service. So uh, be here uh, Sunday morning. You'll get the completion of this. But I want to talk about partnering with joy, and what it looks like to partner with joy. And um, I just think it's fitting. The last two messages. The first one was on bitterness, and the second one was on jealousy. So it's about time I do something on joy, right? They all took those messages well. Did they help you? All right, lie to me if they didn't, all right? I found this quote from a a, a gentleman named Elton Trueblood. He said, I don't trust the theology of any person who doesn't laugh. Boy, if you're listening to somebody speak and, and they're not somebody that can laugh and enjoy life a little bit, I wouldn't trust their theology. If you look at joy and do a word search of joy in the Bible, it's from Genesis to Revelation. Almost every book of the Bible addresses and talks about joy. It's all over Psalms. It's in Proverbs. It's all over Isaiah, a bunch of scriptures in Isaiah, Jeremiah, on and on and on and on and on. I read, I think, 211 scriptures today that had joy in it. And there's more than that. Joy, 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 joy. I don't trust a mean preacher. I'm not talking about somebody who gets on you a little bit. I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about somebody who's just generally angry with their life. To me, there's something about who Jesus is that they don't get. Y'all are acting like I'm talking about you. Unless you're an angry preacher, you're safe. No cranky pants around here. But, you know, we were away, uh, uh, like I mentioned to you, my dad and I with David Wagner there in Illinois. And it was a, a business trip, but half of it turned into just us acting like a bunch of dummies and laughing hysterical the whole time. And it, did, it didn't matter. We were in the middle of a meeting. We were laughing. If we were discussing big, infor- important, upcoming opportunities for the kingdom of God, we were laughing and I thought, this is how ministry should be. It should be one just joyous time after another. Not sitting around the table saying, what are we going to paint? The stage or the walls or the this or the that. I think we should do tan. I think we should do light blue. I think we should do a green. I think we should do gray. How about black? Where everything is... I'd have loved to have been a fly on the wall when those crazy disciples were with Jesus around the campfire, cutting up and laughing. You have to understand, he, ro- he, he rode with some pretty pretty interesting characters. You ever been around a fishing dock? Them boys can't be serious for a moment. So I, 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 I want to talk to you about joy. We're going to finish it up on Sunday morning. I'm actually going to hopefully teach you something here. Proverbs 17:22 says, A joyful heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit dries up the bones. That's a nice contrast to look at. You want, you want, you want dry bones or you want good medicine? We're going to get there. I'm setting it up. Listen, I don't critique your messages, all right? At least not out loud. Wink, wink. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord, help us. Oh, well, it's 10 of the 30 minutes down. <laughs> um So let's read Ezra before somebody over there gets cranky. (laughs) Verse 10. Now when the builders had laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, the priests stood in their apparel with trumpets. Let me tell you what's going on here. The temple has been torn down and destroyed, and they're rebuilding this temple. So I want you to, to understand, this is a rebuilding of the temple. I think it was 20 years or a long time had gone by, where it was basically the ruins of the old temple. So if you were living in this area and this was the temple that you would worship in or you would go to, you would walk by these ruins day after day after day for 20-some-odd years. You walked by the ruins of what used to be the place of worship, what used to be the encounter that you had, what used to be what you knew as the movement of God in that area. Everything was connected to that temple. And, and for twenty over 20 years, they walked by. By this place of ruins. It was it was just like like somebody had bombed it, and it was just rubble that was left over. And 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 day after day after day after day the village people would walk by this place, and there was nothing there. And they begin to rebuild it. And the Levites, the son of Asaph with symbols to praise the Lord according to the directions of King David of Israel. They sang praising and giving thanks to the Lord, saying, For he is good. For his loving kindness is upon Israel forever. And all the people shouted with a great shout when they praised the Lord. Why? Because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. Yet many of the priests and Levites and heads of fathers' households, the old men who had seen the first temple, wept with a loud voice when the foundation of this house was laid before their eyes. While they shouted aloud for joy so that the people could not distinguish the sound of the shout of joy from the sound of the weeping of the people. For the people shouted with a loud shout, and the sound was heard far away. Now, if you couldn't follow that as I was reading it, I want to explain to you what's going on here. The foundation is being finished for this new temple. And you've got two groups of people. You've got a group of people that are shouting for joy at the idea that the temple is being rebuilt. And you've got a group of people that are weeping. And the Bible says that those that were weeping were, as, were weeping as loudly as those that were shouting for joy. The Bible says actually that they were equally as loud as each other to the point that if you stood between them, it was hard to distinguish the shouts of joy from the shouts of weeping. And I, I, I want to I just for a moment take this just from this day in history that's recorded here in the Bible and take it and just zip it over to today and I want to tell you that I'm going to get right to the framework of what I want to impress upon you and that's this. Every morning when you wake up, There are two voices you can listen to. There's a voice of weeping and sorrow and regret. And there's the voice of joy and promise and expectancy and excitement and all of the things that God is doing good in the earth. There's a voice that talks about, uh, you know, what's going wrong. And there's the voice that's talking about what's being done. There are two voices. There's two conversations, if you will, that are going on in the spiritual atmosphere around you. One of joy and one of weeping. And when you get up in the morning, you have a decision to make. Some people say, fill me with joy, Lord. Well, he wants to do that, but you have a decision to make. (laughs) Lord, bathe me in your joy. I just want you to just... Knock me over the head with your joy. He will, but you've got a decision to make. When you wake up in the morning, you have two conversations. You can tune into one of them. I know some of you ladies are gifted, and you can listen to one more than one conversation. But generally speaking, (laughs) you can't hear and listen and engage in two separate conversations. You can engage and focus on one person talking at a time. The minute you try to engage two voices, you're going to get lost unless you're a really talented, gifted, multitasking lady. So there's two things you can decide to embrace one of them. You can get up in the morning and say, today I'm going to partner with the voice of joy, the voice of promise, the voice of triumph, the voice that is is talking about what God is doing great in the earth, or I'm going to partner with the voice of sorrow and weeping and regret and disappointment. You mean I can wake up in the morning and make a decision that will change my day? Yep. Yep. Those are the two voices. You can pick one. So in this side of the room, we're going to just do an experiment. This week, you're going to pick joy, and you guys are going to pick weeping. Actually, that wasn't very impressive what you guys did there. We're going to let you guys pick joy over here. There you go. That was a roar right there. And we're going to let you guys pick weeping, all right? Then it wouldn't be an experiment. I'm just kidding. We're not going to do an experiment. We are going to do an experiment. We're all going to pick joy. How's that? So, what's happening here is they said that it was difficult to distinguish the two voices that were going. It was difficult to think. It was difficult to lock onto what was happening. There were two voices. And, and you say, well, why was there a group of people that were joyful and shouting about it? And why was there a group of people that were weeping? Well, I'm going to tell you why. There was a group of people that were, were full of joy because all they had ever known was the rubble and the ruin. And they were joyful because there was a temple being built. And to them, a temple being built was something that was exciting. It was something happening in the atmosphere. It was more than they had seen for the last 20 years. They were excited about it. It was going to be rebuilt. God was going to inhabit that land once again. They wouldn't have to walk by the rubble anymore. Then there was a group of people who remembered what the old temple was like and were disappointed because after looking at the foundation, they decided that this temple would be inferior to the temple that was. And they were weeping because they weren't happy with the way that the foundation was being built or the fact that they weren't looking to recreate the old temple that they were used to. now. I want to impress this upon your heart. If you try to compare what God is doing today with an experience or a movement or a temple from your past, it will blind you and you won't be able to celebrate what God is doing today. You can be so focused on recreating yesterday that you can't focus on what God is actually doing today. You know, I talk to some people sometimes, and if you talk to them about the condition of the church, you would think nobody's getting saved, everybody's backsliding, every pastor is is terrible, they're all in sin, and uh, nobody's, nobody's experiencing God. Everybody's uh, shutting down the spirit of God. No one's allowing the gifts to flow. And it's on and on and on and on and on. And a lot of the times that's birthed from a place because what's going on today may not look like the temple that was destroyed 20 years ago. Meanwhile, the temple is being rebuilt. The foundation's being built. The walls are going up. The shouts of joy are screaming and echoing through the entire city and community. People are getting saved. People are encountering God for the first time. People are being set free. And you can't hear it because you are so concerned with, this doesn't look like the temple I grew up in. I've gone over this foundation. It's only 43,000 square feet. And I grew up in a temple that had 46. So, what happened to the extra 3,000? Surely God can't come to a place that only has 43,000 square feet. Now, I'm joking, but I'm not. you you oftentimes don't realize that I grew up in the church and we experienced the move of God we've experienced flows coming in and out different things God was doing in the earth I'm 34 and I've been in the church 34 years am I 34 or am I lying I'm 34 and You actually have to make a conscious decision that I'm not going to hear the voice of weeping and the voice of yesterday and the voice of what used to be, and actually decide I'm going to embrace what God is doing in the earth right now so that I'm not blinded and I can hear and I can see and I can celebrate and I can have joy over what God's doing in the earth today. Do you know that more people are being saved today around the world than in any time in history? Well, I don't know, because I get some emails from some prophetic this, that, and the other that make you think the world's coming to an end. And I want to declare over you this. I believe that God is rising up all over the earth, that incense is rising, the glory of God is covering the earth, and while darkness and gross darkness is making an advance, the kingdom of God and His light are shining brighter than ever before. I have a buddy that just came back from, he was in India, he was in Singapore, he was in Korea, and then he he was just there, then he went over to England, or he went over to Europe, he was in Denmark, he was in Switzerland, he was here, he was there, and he's posting picture after picture after picture of people that are sold out crazy for Jesus by the thousands experiencing God and going after his presence like never before. There's a reformation that's happening in Denmark. There's a reformation happening in Switzerland. There's, there's, in India, people are getting saved by the thousands, by the tens of thousands, by the hundreds of thousands. In Singapore, they're being saved. In China, they're being saved by the millions. But it doesn't look like the temple I grew up in. Hey, listen, I just want to talk about this church for a moment. I'm more proud of what's happening in this church than I've ever been in my entire life. To hear you sing these songs of Zion, to hear you lift up the name of Jesus... To hear you tonight say, we will not be shaken, and I will exalt. And you guys are singing at the top of your lungs. Some of you off key. Uh, Singing at the top of your lungs makes my heart so happy to hear the voice of God's people rising up as sweet-smelling incense to the Father. And I want to just tell you this. You all are singing and engaged in worship more than any other congregation that's ever been here at our church. but I got flashed in the face with a light two, two times in the last three months. I wrote down the dates, March 10th and January 23rd. And it, well, yeah, but then my dad said maybe it woke you up. I'm being silly, but I'm trying to show you that there's two voices that you have an opportunity to hear. And both conversations are just as real, right? So if you decide to listen to the voice of sorrow and regret and yesterday and weeping, it's going to be very real to you. And the emotions that are associated with hearing and processing that conversation and that voice, no one's going to be able to tell you, buddy, you're not, this isn't real, and what you're feeling is not normal. You're like, what are you talking about? I'm sad, I'm weeping, I'm upset, And the only person that can shake you out of that is you. What's a shame is to watch people getting totally blasted with an encounter with God. And then three seats over, seeing somebody that looks like a loved one just died in front of them six minutes earlier. And you have to ask yourself this question. What's the difference? I'm not not you, the, the person here. What's the difference? I'll tell you what the difference is. She's listening to one conversation. He's listening to another. They made decisions. They partnered with two different things. They walked in here with two different mindsets, two different partnerships. they decided to listen to two separate things. One walked in here critical, upset, comparing the old, critical. Did I mention critical? And one walked in here full of the promise and the light and the joy of God and what's happening and what's going on in the earth, focused on his promise and what he's done. And the difference is evident because one of them is experiencing God like it's the first time, and it might be the 30th time, it might be the 3,000th time, but they're experiencing God, and one of them isn't. Well, I just don't um, react to experiencing God like other people. Well, I'm going to close my eyes when I say this because I don't want you to think I'm looking at you. When you partner with joy, people will know it. And they will know it because something will change with your expression and how you react to the world around you. Okay? So if you say, I am so happy to be here. So full of joy that I'm getting ready to explode. Uh, I feel like I'm on fire. And I feel like at any minute I might run. But I'm not going to smile. Because I'm going to do this whole thing, snake attack on you. And you're going to never know it's coming. And if I smiled, you'd be prepared for the run. And I want to scare you when I do it. Because that's what somebody full of joy would do. Scare the fellow people in the church. No, if you really partner with joy... I, I just did that whole thing with my eyes closed. I'm glad I didn't walk into anything. I... If you really have joy, it will make a difference, and the people around you will see it. If you tell people, I am so joyful today, (laughs) if you've ever had a relationship with somebody, you know this. You come up to them, and they're like, You're like, is everything okay? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> you haven't looked at me in three days. Are you okay? Uh mm-hmm. huh. Did I do something to upset you? Nope. Are we gonna talk about this? We just did. See, the way you encounter the world around you tells the story. And when you make the decision in the morning that I'm going to partner with joy, instead of partnering with the sound of song, cries, and shouts, of weeping, and sorrow, and regret, it will change your outlook on life. Dare I say you'll make better decisions. More people will want to be near you. I don't have any friends. You don't smile. (laughs) Nobody wants to be around people that don't smile. Every time I'm around that guy, he looks upset. I think it's me. (laughs) I'm lonely. You look like if somebody came near you, you would punch them. Kind of true. But I'm just so broken by what life has done to me. I'm so broken and upset, I can't find joy. How can I be joyful? My life's a mess. Make a decision. You're going to stop listening to the conversation that's telling you that everybody's against you, everything's terrible. The church is on the decline. God is not alive. there's no miracles being done, Spirit's not moving at all. and decide, I want joy. It seems like a pretty easy decision, right? It seems like, oh, we just, yeah, you're just going to pick that. I have a couple more minutes, and I want I have videos. I forgot about the videos. You ready for this one? Some of us are doing what the Beatles wrote about. Go ahead and play that for me. Don't act like you didn't listen to the Beatles. Yesterday, all my troubles seemed so far. Oh, they did <laughs> take me back to yesterday. I'm not half the man I used to be. Oh, no, if only I was back in yesterday. Had to go I don't know she wouldn't say. You are not saved those of you that are singing this I never said wrong, wrong from All right good can, thanks guys yesterday everything was so much better yesterday everything was so much easier yesterday I had my own corner in the temple. I had my spot. I had the chair with my name on the back of it. Where am I going to sit now? And now the guy who preaches half the time wears pants too tight (laughs) and socks that don't match. What am I going to do? I will eventually, about 9.30 I'll play another one, just kidding, <laughs> instead of let's contrast yesterday with this next video, now that you've sat down. <laughs> I spent three days with them. I'm getting them back. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that brother on the left's my homeboy right there. Looks like Albert Einstein. Come on. So here's the deal. I have a lot more to say about this topic. I'm saving it for Sunday. I'll let you guys go here in a moment. Sunday I'm going to teach you a couple of practical steps on how you can partner with joy. All right? More than just making a decision every morning which you can do. I'm going to give you a couple of real practical ways that you can partner with joy. How you can consistently walk and partner side by side with the joy of the Lord. Does that sound good? That's coming Sunday morning. Did you enjoy tonight? Good. Stand on your feet. All right. You can't play sad music like that. After that. Give me something happy. That's your example of happy? Someone's like, I have no idea what this song is. Yes, you do. I dare you to do a happy dance. Lanes, come up here. Show them how to do it. Come on. This is how you should look. You ready for this? Show them, Lanes. Hey, we'll see you Sunday morning at 9 and 1030. Keep playing it.